I could not be more delighted today to bring back Gary Brown to talk about private practice in Los Angeles as um, a successful therapist going through the changes of life and a pandemic and all these other pieces. Um, if you haven't, we'll have the information in the show notes. Gary has shared pieces of his story um, before, but we're gonna do a deep dive and an update as to what are the lessons that are being learned and relearned and reaffirmed <laughs> through these last uh, couple of tumultuous years in private practice. Welcome, Gary. Oh, it, it's a delight, Miranda, an absolute delight. Do you want to share your um, website for people? Sure. It's uh, uh, drdrgarybrowntherapy.com, drgarybrowntherapy.com. Or if you just, I have redirects because I own about, oh, 45 URLs that redirect to that website. <laughs> that was a great marketing idea. Um, <laughs> so if you just do the short version, drgarybrown.com, you'll get there. Awesome. Awesome, sure. awesome. So do you want to give people like the little like short, like quick and dirty in like less than five minutes of you as a therapist, why, what your private practice look like, kind of like who you are and like a little. Sure. I, I mean, just a brief overview. I've been in private practice uh, over 30 years now. Um, I'm going to age myself approaching 40 years now. Um really age myself there. Um, I was going to say, wait a minute, 30 years. We've been working together for a while. It's got to be getting yeah, close to 40. It's 40. <laughs> it's 40. Um, actually, it is 40. Uh, and, um, you know, just uh, for whatever reasons, before I, I, I met you and, and Kelly and, and uh, boot camp uh, and then Mac, um, I, I, you know, I was considered a very successful therapist here in Los Angeles um, um, and, and continued to enjoy the work. I mean, I'm that guy who's never going to retire. I, I think those who know me know that, you know, somebody said, you know, when are you going to retire? I go, you'll know when you see my obituary. Um, that's when I retire. But I, I'm still loving the work. Um, and, and what boot camp did for me, just in short, is is what we all really needed when we were in graduate school, frankly, just like, hey, this is a business. Um, and, and we're here to serve people in the world. We wanna serve in the world. We wanna do good in the world. And it's a business. And there was so much, uh, I'm gonna be a repeat, I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> um, that's, um, um, that's absolutely been true. And, and I, I would say probably the last time we talked, I had about, 50 or 60 action items that I had taken just based on, on, on boot camp, and then about another 15 or 20 after Mac. And since then I've done even more. I mean, mostly what I've learned to do is, I think the most th helpful thing for me was, what does my ideal practice look like? What does my ideal day look like? Uh, it really helped me flesh out a vision that was um, kind of hazy for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can be successful financially, but th there's other measures of success. And, and, and that goes to lifestyle, right? And my, 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 but the financial part was working well, uh, and even better after boot camp. Uh, <laughs> still don't charge enough. Um, but lifestyle-wise, I was working way too hard, mm -hmm. way too many hours. 
and um, and so I needed to kind of like refine what I was doing. And some of the ideas that you guys had have been really helpful. So I hired a, an IT guy that I use um, much more than because I'm just not adept. I'm still an analog guy, honestly. Uh, <laughs> um, but I hired a, an assistant to help me with articles. Uh, I now don't call them blogs anymore. Uh, articles sounds more professional. I like that. Um, I hired an SEO assistant who got me from the eighth to the ninth page to the first and the second page. Um, actually, she's now, it's a few years later, we're redoing it. Now every year we redo that. So, I mean, all these things that I had not a clue about that you and Kelly introduced me and mm -hmm. all of us literally have been a game changer. Mm -hmm. Um I was working 25 to 30 hours and I went, you know, I just don't want to do that anymore. Plus the work I was doing at the hospital. Um, I mean, I was on call there 123 hours a week. Uh, they paid mm. me handsomely for that. Now that's gone away after 25 years. And, and I'm actually, I'm fine with it because it was only, you know, 25% of my income, maybe 30 in a bad year, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So uh, then I cut down after, after Mac, when I really got clear on my vision mm -hmm. uh, or clearer, I cut down to like 23 to 25 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And now since, um, since the pandemic, I've said, you know what? I don't even want to work 23 to 25 anymore. So mm -hmm. now I'm down to right around 16, 17, 18, maybe 19 in a quote, a really busy week. Mm -hmm. um, my income has dropped, but it has, it has had no, in, no impact on my, because my fees have just gone up. Uh, so it's really had no impact on my mm -hmm. lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and it's even allowing me to set up a, um, it's really extra at this point. So I'm, I'm, we have a daughter who's was in a catastrophic car accident years ago, hit by a commercial truck and it's, it can't be fixed. So, you know, now a lot of the money is going to go to setting up a medical trust fund for her. Mm. And that just, you know, I just can't thank you guys enough for just everything because didn't see that one coming. Mm. Oh, that is quite the, the piece, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that I just want to pause and like, just breathe that in that your practice in this moment isn't just taking care of you and your wife and your daughter in the here and now, right. but it's something that's going to be taking care of your daughter in the future yeah. after you, after you, your obituaries there and you retire. Right. Right. Um, hopefully we, we can uh, come up with a good succession plan in terms of someone purchasing your, uh, your practice as well at some point in the future. Already in my professional will. <laughs> Perfect. Yay. You did the professional <laughs> will part of boot camp. That makes you sad. Oh yeah. I, I um, went down on that. I made my OCD work with that one. Oh, I, I started off with about five or six or eight, eight indexes. And now it's got uh, 24. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So that your practice is going to take care of your family yeah. after you're gone. And that, and I think what's interesting, I think a lot of therapists feel this, like this sense of, is that asking for too much to take care of our family after we're gone. And I don't think it is. I, I think agree. it's part of our, um, 
it's a part of what we're asked to do is can we and not, you know, and, and, and sometimes that's easier than others, right? If your daughter hadn't been in a catastrophic car accident mm-hmm. to make sure your family was taken care of would be a different thing sure. than it is when you know she's going to have significant medical bills ongoing. Yeah. She's not going to be able to earn an income ongoing. Like this right. is the reality, but this is what we sign up for when we have children and when we have family members, when we bring people into our circle. Sure. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. when we can be healers and helpers for other people and yeah. we can take care. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. No, you know, tell me about if, if it's okay, I want to go oh, no. back to go for it. Um, when like, it's sort of like we have the before pandemic and after pandemic, right? Mm. <laughs> or yeah. before, actually, I shouldn't even say that. We have before and during pandemic or what have you. Yes. So um, I want to go into what are some of the pieces when when things started, and obviously we're essential worker. Um, what were some of the decisions you had to make in your private practice? in terms of whether you were going to move virtual or still see people in person and how did your, how did you make those decisions? Sure. Um, I mean, some of the decisions I made were, didn't take very long, Miranda, just because this is a very deadly illness and, you know, being over 70, you know, you know, I, I have vulnerabilities and I have COPD. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the dirty little secret about asthma as a child is it resolves in his thirties and forties and then comes back right around this time. So for, for me, it was really literally about survival, my own personal survival. If I'm not around, I can't serve. Mm-hmm. And so um, pretty shortly, I mean, within three or four weeks, I went, I was, I closed the office on March 16th or 17th. I forgot, mm-hmm. uh, I've got the date in my office. I closed the office. I didn't see any any patients in in person, and now uh, and since then, uh, basically, it's been strictly Zoom. Uh, the data is about I do about eighty five percent Zoom. Uh, Zoom healthcare, by the way, I like mm-hmm. it because it has much better encryption and it's required. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, you can you can work a deal with them. They wanted to charge me two hundred a month and coming from my Hebrew roots, I said, well, I have to negotiate that. So um, got them down to 166 for the first year. And, and that's, that, that's good. So, you know, e- even that's negotiable. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Zoom has been a game changer because mm-hmm. typically I, I see patients Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, and what it's allowed me to do is um, I didn't feel comfortable going into the office because I didn't for my own sanitation reasons, just decided "Eh, I'm just going to work from home. And I I did that. Um, And then about three or four months, maybe about four months ago, um, I put in sanitation towers in the office. I'm still not seeing anybody in person Mm -hmm. just for my own safety. You know, the janitor could have been there and God forbid something's in the air. Um, I didn't want to take the chance. Mm-mm. And so, uh, but I decided to get out of Eileen's hair. God bless her. Um, <laughs> you know, she's not used to having me home seven days a week. And, you know, it's, it's a modest home. And I, uh, so, and it was good for me to get back in the office, actually. So mm-hmm. I just went to the office and I did Zoom sessions. And I'm, that's what I'm still doing. Typically on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Thursdays, a slightly shorter day. And so Thursdays, I, I do one day at home. 
How have you been managing the energy levels as an analog guy, as someone who isn't used to being in front of the, and doesn't want to be in front of the computer? How have you been managing that in private practice? Honestly, I kind of dig it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, my, my old iMac 27 kind of like was getting ready to go out and I needed to upgrade. So I got a Mac mini and then recently I upgraded. I, I got a 34 inch monitor curved monitor mm. game changer, mm. absolute game changer because I, I don't experience any zoom fatigue now, which is just like, and just having a, a really high end zoom monitor, uh, excuse me, a uh, monitor curved. for your computer cur- that's curved is just it i I can't even describe it and then i I bought you know a a nice logitech camera so i mean you know there's physical things i have little um ring lights as well so i mean there's things you can do to reduce the fatigue um and for me since i'm only working like you know three days a week six you know six maybe seven hours a day Mm -hmm. um it it, it's been really good Uh, Mm. i I enjoy it i'm i'm at home right now it looks like i'm in my office Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's a virtual background. That actually is my office. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm actually at home right now. Oh, wow. So you have a virtual background going on right now. As we speak. I right. love it. And it's not, sometimes it's really obvious that there's a virtual background in mm-hmm. there, but it doesn't look obvious at all. Well, I went into the office. I took literally about 50 pictures with my iPhone. And then I came home and then I asked Eileen for some help, said, hey, you know, what, which do you think would be the best background? And we, we both agreed out of the 50 or so, this one was the one. Oh, I love it. Do you have a green screen behind you? Nope. Nope. Just nope. nope. It's the... I, I should. <laughs> <laughs> I should. You know, if, if I make a move like that or, you know, you might see pillows. Well, evidently not. Not today. It's not too bad. I wonder if it is also the fact that you have the Zoom for healthcare. Because usually it's very obvious when somebody has the, the virtual background in, but... I don't notice it. Well, it, it may also be this new Logitech uh, um, uh, uh, camera. Webcam. So that, that may be the difference. You know, I don't know. I've also noticed if I wear a dark shirt, mm-hmm. less chance of seeing a disturbed background. Whereas if I wear a white shirt or a oh, light, very yeah. light colored shirt. So that's the deal. But, but it, I mean, going back to, to the pandemic, you know, I've been keenly aware, of course, at my age, you are anyway, of mortality. Again, mm-hmm. People live long in my family. I'm hoping to go at this for another 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I mean, I, you yeah. know, we know my deal. I don't want to retire. I, that would not go well for me. Um, <laughs> and so I, I'm, I'm just finding that I'm, I'm loving the work as much now as I ever have. And one of the neat things about, I mean, there's definitely been some silver linings here. Mm-hmm. I now have, have clients from all over the state of California mm. that, you know, I didn't see that coming. Um, you know, I have about four clients up, up in the South Bay. Um, so here I am in LA, but you know, for whatever reason, they found me and we were all good fit for one another. So, and that's four separate people who none of them know one another. So who knew? <laughs> right. But uh, I think that's, I think that's the piece that's so, so magical as well in terms of finding that right fit for client and that right fit for therapist, Mm -hmm. when we start to remove some of the barriers, right. Um, That we just make life so much easier 
for, for everybody involved. And I, I know there's, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, right. Virtual included, but I think that there's something magical about reducing the barriers to people getting good quality mental health care. And that there is this, I think, deep understanding right now that like no other time that we've experienced that like, Hey, we need to take care of ourselves. Like this is, if there is, if, if this isn't the time you need therapy, I don't know when you might like. Yeah. I I mean, I I imagine this is true for so many of us in, and you know, I'm sure we've all heard from, and again, I interchangeably use the word client and patient only because I was brought up in the medical model, (laughs) worked with the hospitals. All good. um, Also, I have that dyslexia thing going. Um, but one of the things that I've heard from my clients, many of them is, and I'm going to give them all the option. I get my second vaccine this Saturday, and then I'm going to wait about 30 days. Uh, and then I'm going to see how it goes. And then, uh, and then I may reopen the office to in-person. I'm contemplating that. Mm-hmm. I need to see what's going on with these variants. Um, but at some point, you know, I'm going to give all my clients the option. If you want to do remote sessions for the rest of your life, because it saves you an hour and a half commute one way <laughs> to get to my office, mm-hmm. um, then that's what we're going to do. If you want to do in person and it's safe to do so, you know, following CDC and county health guidelines mm-hmm. and all that, then then we'll meet in person. I'm fine. Yeah, I'll do whatever my clients want to do that for them is going to optimize their experience. And, and as you say, Miranda, re- reduce whatever barriers I can. Yeah. So again, that's been another incredible silver lining. Yeah. Could, would you have, if we were to like rewind maybe sure. five to seven years ago when we met, could you have imagined that not the pandemic, but could you have imagined that you'd be doing all your work virtually? No. <laughs> no, uh, it, it literally a thought that never crossed my mind right? you know, until COVID. Uh, it, it, the idea of this, it just never occurred to me. I'm trying to think, I remember like the, like, I was wondering, I was trying to think, I was like, I was, I'm wondering like how many other times you had been on Zoom, not with us. Like I remember us doing the first couple of like <laughs> Zoom things, right? Right. That like here was this experience that we got to have and having Zoom sessions that I, sure. I I'm hopeful that that made it a little bit easier during the transition. It did but, to me. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is like, this is Gary Brown. He was like, all right, I'll get sure. I'll put on the thing. What What do I need to do? Click the link, Gary. Okay, okay. Is this working? Yeah, it's working, Gary. We're good. And here you are with your curved screen and your virtual background, you know, and just a full practice that's seeing people from out of the area and. Your perspective on on what's happened to me professionally is just a just the migration, the transitions I've made. I hadn't thought about it in the way that you just did it, but I think you really encapsulated it well, Miranda. (laughs) I mean, truly analog to digital, who knew? (laughs) Right. And what I love about it too, is that in that space, right, where you have opened up so much digitally, you also have said, here are the things that I need. I need a tech guy. I need an SEO person. I need someone who's going to take care of the writing. Here are the things I can do and that I'm capable. I can stretch in these ways, but here are the things that are stressors. 
here are the things that would be not beneficial for me to like put my energy into and that you've set up your business in such a way mm-hmm. that your business can support that. Yes. It can take care of those things and you're not feeling like, oh, I don't have any profit um, if I was to yeah. do those things, right? Yeah, it's, it, it, um, you know, and I'm, I'm still paying office rent, but I'm, I'm happy to do it, you know. I mean, there's plenty of surplus there. So it's, you know, and, and because as much as I enjoy doing the virtual, we all know as clinicians, nothing really replaces actually being in the same room with a person. Just nothing's going to ever replace that. And um, so I just want people to have the option. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I've kept my office. I will tell you, probably 90% of the people in my, in my building uh, on the second floor of my building, which is almost all therapists, I would say 90% of them have terminated their leases and they're gone and all they're doing is virtual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I foresee a time when hopefully in the not too distant future, um, people are gonna wanna meet in person. And I think particularly if you have someone who's in a deep crisis um, and they really need that face-to-face in-person contact. Um, Yeah, I think that like that co-regulation that we do, right? And it's hard to do over the thing. Like, and, you know, not that everybody hugs with therapy. I did, but, you know, like hugs. I'm a hugger. Hugs are an important piece and there is no virtual hug that makes me feel the way that like a real heart hug feels in person. So I think that's a beautiful thing. I think it's also one of the things I like about therapists being in this space is that I feel like therapists are taking taking a beat to say what really works for me. Mm -hmm. I tried on something new for size. What do I like? What do I not like? People have determined, what do I need in an office? What do I not need in an office? And I think also there's going to be some, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm so curious on how leasing rates and agreements, especially in places where there's been really low um, availability, right? Low supply and high demand. LA is a great example of that in terms of um, lease agreements. I'm curious what, what kind of adjustment there'll be in terms of um, pricing for office space. I'm well, so curious whether it's going to stay stagnant, whether we're going to have this big rebound, um, whether the owners are going to have to like increase the rents just to like keep it together. Like, I'm just curious. I, I mean, I, I, can, I, I can tell you a little bit about what's happening here in LA. Um, a, a lot of leases are being terminated um, uh, or renegotiated, yeah. uh, my landlord. And I, I've, I've been in this office for literally 40 years. Mm. Um, this is the only office I've, I've known since I've been in private practice, um, other than, you know, when I was doing internships and, uh, the landlord has been just incredibly awesome. And he mm. said, look, we're not going to do the 3% CPI. And I was one of the few therapists in the building who said, look, I haven't, you and I have a contract and an agreement. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to pay you. I'm, I'm not going to uh, use COVID as an excuse not to pay you. And I know full well, I can afford to pay you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's just been a very good relationship that we've had uh, over the years. Um, but he's, he's lost a lot of business, you know, he's, and he's, you know, he's had to refinance pretty much a lot of properties mm-hmm. that he owns 
um, and he's probably going to has lost some properties. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's, we're all in the same boat. We're all in different parts of the boat dealing with different issues. Yeah. But, but um, I would imagine a lot of people, if they wanted to keep an office right now, or if they're an emerging therapist or an experienced clinician and want to get back into an office, I'm going to guess you're going to find some pretty good deals. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be really um, an interesting um, space to kind of get into. Yeah. All right. So going back to what is, what is a lesson that another silver lining or lesson that you have learned during this last pandemic that you want to share? One of the things I love about this starting a counseling practice podcast is that we give you a chance to kind of speak to these clinicians out there that may not meet you in any other way and for you to help direct them, you know? Um, I mean, that's a difficult question to answer because I can go to like 20 different responses to that. I, I, I think for me, it was really getting used to the idea that I needed to upgrade my technology. I needed to upgrade my, my skill set. I needed to become more, knowledgeable about, you know, the intricacies of, of Zoom and HIPAA require, requirements um, and, and to maintain the confidentiality of, of, of the people I work for. Um, so I think that, and, and, and again, the, the, it's going to sound, you know, it's not terribly sophisticated, but the, the issue of technology and upgrading, if you can afford to do so, uh, make sure that, you know, you're doing everything to make your life as comfortable as a clinician as you possibly can. Um, you have to think about, you know, what, what, you know, and Kelly taught us about, you know, what, what your ideal practice looks like. What does your ideal day look like? You know, uh, what does your ideal life look like? Well, you know, I had to start thinking, okay, what is my ideal pandemic clinic, clinical life look like? Yeah. So I started, at, I started framing it that way. And the answer is probably going to be different for, for, for each, each one of us and maybe the same in some ways. But if you start thinking in terms of what's my ideal pandemic clinical life look like, then I think that starts to move you in that direction um, and thinking about what do you need for your own comfort? I owe it to, to my patients, my clients. I owe it to them to really devote as much as I can to my own self-care and whatever I have to do before, during, or after this pandemic. Uh, and I think, frankly, it's one of the reasons I've reduced my hours mm-hmm. um, is I felt like, you know, it, it comes at a point when you ha- only have so much energy. And, and I would also say one of the really cool things about the, another one of the silver linings in the pandemic is when I left the hospital, um, I had relationships there for like 20, 25 years with people. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing my colleagues there getting slammed, mm-hmm. working in the emergency department, working in acute areas of medicine, working in COVID ICUs, COVID units, or mm-hmm. their unit wasn't a COVID unit and then were cannibalized and made a COVID unit. Mm-hmm. So now what I'm doing is on, I, I have my regular client load on Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Monday afternoons, I'm now doing pro bono work via Zoom. Mm. 
um, with, with colleagues of mine who are still at the hospital and they're still suffering and they're having all the issues they're having to deal with is, is being frontline healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the luxury of being here in my home or my office and with no exposures and they have constant exposures. The stressors are for them are incredible. So mm-hmm. I, I do some Zoom consulting and it's pro bono. It's just, you know, I don't charge for it. And, mm-hmm. um, and that makes my heart happy. And it makes me feel, helps me feel like, you know, I'm still contributing, yeah. um, you know, beyond my practice. And so that's, I, w- I wouldn't have thought to do that had I not become more comfortable with technology. And that didn't happen because of you and Kelly. Aww. And everybody <laughs> else in boot camp, all my fellow boot campers who encouraged me to kind of like, you know, okay, Gary, we're going to get you into the 21st century here. <laughs> It'll be okay, Gary. We'll do It'll it. Be okay, do it. you'll survive. I'm going, okay. Do you actually do you want to hear a funny, funny piece of that? Do you want to know who in, who introduced me to like video chatting and Skype? Uh uh-uh. My grandmother, who is currently in her 80s. So yes. she <laughs> she was the one that was like, Oh, you gotta try out the Skype thing. We'll figure it out. Like, here's the here's the piece, right? But right. they learned about it based on necessity because they traveled out of the country for, you know, every year and there, it, you couldn't just get on a cell phone. Right. So it became like a, this, we need this because there's a necessity. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it's so funny, right. How we can all hey, get into our. We're all getting there one way or the other. <laughs> um, I, I want, I want to add another thing that was so incredibly helpful. This was pre COVID. But that was a game. There was like, you know, 25 or 30 things, I, I modification I made to my website after I met you guys. Mm-hmm. And, and again, suggestions from other boot campers too. Thank you all. God bless you all um, who helped pull me through this. Um, but if you don't have a, pro, you're doing yourself and your potential clients a disservice if you don't have a promo video on your homepage. That has done more to convert uh, clients than anything else. More than my website itself is your promo video. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. It was a game changer, absolute yeah. game changer. You've you've heard um, Gary talk a couple times about Mac, um, but for some All of right. you new listeners, have no idea what he's talking about. We did something several years ago called Most Awesome Conference. And we did this whole process where people would come and work on their business. And we had a professional photographer, uh, Jessa Anderson, came and did headshots. We had Ernesto Sigismundo come in from filmit.com and he did promo videos for people. Uh, and then we had like just expert coaching and people digging into like great trainings. We had a hair and makeup person. We had a coffee cart. It was super fun. It was, um, things we could do. It that was awesome. like. It was so awesome. I'm like, I can't wait until we can have in-person things again. Um, But so that's what he's talking about. And I think that like those investments, right, of time and energy. And now like there's so much we can do even just with an iPhone and making a promo video. And one of the great things, too, for, for those of you who are listening, that yes, we can use film it. We can use all these things. But there's actually some interesting research that. Um, having um, a less produced video currently 
seems to be converting better on social media. So having something that you just film with your iPhone, you know, nicely, right? We're not going to be like looking up our nose or anything, but can be just as effective. So if you're not at a place where you can afford or you feel like you can afford to invest, you can still do video right now. And then you can put it in your budget as you move forward. So there's no excuse not to have video on your website, guys. If you don't have $5, you probably still have a smartphone. Record the video, <laughs> put it on there. And then again, we'll have the information in the show notes um, for Film It <laughs> and some of the other resources that I mentioned. Yeah. I just want to thank you so much, Gary, for taking time out today to come and give us that update and just be a part. I just so appreciate you as a member of our, um, of, of that big broader community. And I love hearing updates from you and I especially love your heart and how vulnerable you always are in terms of just here's, here's the real, real, um, and I love that also you don't, um, you, as much as you might want to be, you're not that stereotypical 70 year old analog <laughs> guy, right? <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. No, but I think that you're, that's part of you joining bootcamp, right? You were just in this, like, oh, yeah. Hey, I want to get a little bit out of my comfort zone. I want to know what I don't know. And I want to feel re-inspired. And so I'm just so glad that you are part of our community and um, I appreciate you. It's, it's a beautiful family that the two of you started. And again, I will never be able to express my gratitude, um, my deep gratitude for, for what you've done for me, what you've done for my family, what you've done for my clients. Um, I know I said this in the first interview we did. I'm also a better clinician um, I'm also a better clinician and I, it just inspired me to, you know, want to learn more, want to take in more, want to expand more as a therapist, forgetting the money part of it, forget the, forget all that stuff. Just, it was really interesting because I, 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 I know I said this first interview was on, I was on the verge of possibly mailing it in and I didn't want to be that guy. And, and just thanks to you and Kelly and everybody in this family of mm -hmm. campers, um, people who offered me support. I hope I've, I've given as much back as I've received, mm -hmm. uh, if hopefully more. Um, but just thank you so much. Just game changer, just game changer. Mm -hmm. Not just for me. <sighs> I love you. Oh I just love you. From the bottom of my heart, I just love you. I love you too, Gary. Oh my gosh. All right. Go and check out the show notes before <laughs> Gary makes me cry again. Always. I'm go grab my old tissues. <laughs> uh, yeah, all of the things. Uh, and hope you guys will, um, if you're looking for some reconnection, we have our marketing masterclass coming up. Um, mm -hmm. Come join us. It's free. It's got CEs. And again, always heart behind it. And um, we will get you reconnected and loving your work and get your marketing on point all at the same time. Win, win, win. So uh, join us. Love it. 